We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we've got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. So it is coming up on the end of the month, which means it is nearing closer to the deadline for our October Pageant Fox subscribers. Okay. So tell us like why, why this end of the month is, is important and um, what this has to do with the Pageant Box subscribers. So if you've been living under a pageant rock and not living on our pageant planet, you may not know that we have a subscription box program. So you've heard of things like Birchbox or Stitch Fix where you get sent goodies every single month. So we were like, you know what? This needs to exist for pageant contestants. So we made one. So every single month, pageant contestants, pageant parents all over the world are getting our boxes filled with pageant specific items. And the reason the end of the month is so important is to get in on next month's pageant box, you need to sign up by the last day of this month. Got it. Okay. So give us a sense of the categories and uh, kind of some of the products that's been in previous month's boxes. Yes. So um, you, the good thing about this is we know that we have a lot of pageant parents that listen and we know we have a lot of young contestants that follow. So we have two different categories. We have a princess box, which is for our younger demographic and our queen box for our more mature contestants. And that way you're not getting something that is just not geared to your age division. So I think that's really important. Um, and the cost is only $29 a month, which is a great price. And it includes things like um, we, people love our pageant swag. We include lots of clothing. We've included collapsible water bottles, which are amazing to stuff in your bag for rehearsals or appearances, beauty products, coaching discounts. I mean, it runs the gamut of a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And I, I like what ours does versus the other ones that I've seen is that it has that strong element of coaching. So can you talk a little bit about the one-on-one -on -one sessions and like what comes in as far as coaching aspect into the box? Sure. Well, the coolest thing we've done with our box subscription is every single, and you heard me right, Steven, every single box subscription includes virtual coaching, even at that $29 level. You can ask unlimited, unlimited written questions to pageant coaches. Um, so you can ask them things like, can you review my, review my paperwork? Or I'm thinking of getting one of these two gowns, which do you think is a better fit for me? How do I build my title holder plan? All of that can be done in writing for $29, $29 a month plus a stinking box. <laughs> and like we also partner with a, a pageant coach, right? And then they can have a one-on-one -on -one like Skype session with them. Yeah, typically we have some really great coaching extras that are included. So um, if you've been to our new site, which if you haven't, you have to go to it, pageantplanet.com and go to our directory. And a lot of those coaches are partnering with us for each month of a pageant box. So you get great coupons, free or exclusive or deeply discounted opportunities to work with people that otherwise um, you might not give them a try. And they might be your key to success. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, you've already made mention of the, the cost, but say the cost again um, and then when they need to sign up by and where they can go to sign up. Okay, let me run through all of that. $29 a month, but if you need additional coaching, we do have specials for that. That's all available on the site. Um, the site is where you can find it and buy it is pageantplanet.com backslash box and sign up by September 30th. September 30th, it's a hard deadline to be in the list for October. Thanks, Jesse. 
Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode today. Jesse Ledoux, myself, and a special guest. We are going to be discussing the five common beauty issues and basically how a medical spa can help treat them. So, Jesse, go ahead and set the stage for us. So treatments you can get at a medical spa are typically advanced. They need to be done by a professional in a safe place, in a trusting environment, all of that important stuff. But today's topic, like I just want to give a little bit of uh, setting the scene. It may not relate to everyone, but it is a topic that I think is very popular, like through the grapevine. And you don't want to leave your education on it to chance or Google or, like I said, the grapevine. So you, we want to have you give you the opportunity to talk to a professional and hear a professional standpoint on what the heck a medical spa is, what you can get done, and how that can enhance your pageant features. Yeah, I, I know that I didn't know what a medical spa was. I didn't know like what its role was in society. I just, I didn't know. I mean, I drove past a lot of different ones. And only in the previous about year and a half, I really started to become educated on all the different procedures and things that can do to help. Um, you know, so I'm really excited about this interview and a small disclaimer here, like everyone has their own standard of beauty, like embrace what makes you unique. But, you know, many of us do have challenges that we'd like to address. And I'd like to say second disclaimer on that, Steve, and I'm glad you said it because it's so true. But second disclaimer is God don't like ugly. And while yes, we are like, we are all gorgeous and made in his image. Don't be judgy on this. Like if someone is interested and likes the idea of these services, let them be interested and let them explore it. So like I said, this conversation is so, so, so important today because whether you are in the market right now for a medical spa service or not, at some point you may be curious. So I'd rather you have this solid info versus you bring up Botox in your cubicle at work and you have all of these horror stories tossing back and forth of second or third degree of life experience of someone that you know that you know that got it let's take the time to really let the expert drop the knowledge awesome all right so we're here to educate and bring the facts and um enjoy the interview so as you know today we are discussing medical spas and we are here with my wife renata roddy and together we own a medical spa in danvers massachusetts which is like kind of greater boston area and Renata is a nurse practitioner. She graduated from Boston College. She's uh, placed first runner-up in Massachusetts, USA, um, and then second runner-up right, runner in Massachusetts, USA, then first runner-up in Massachusetts, USA, and then, oh, the dreaded aged out, and then went on to win Massachusetts, United States, where she and I met at the national pageant and then reconnected at like, a fashion show randomly in New York. And here we are. So I have my beautiful bride here with me. And Renata, like, tell us what inspired you to actually get into having a medical spa and like, why do you love it so much? Hey, everyone. So um, medical spa combines two of my passions, which is caring for patients. Um, I used to work at a primary care clinic. Um, where I managed various diagnoses and a medical spa allows me to combine two passions like I stated caring for patients but also within the beauty aspect of it um, as Stephen mentioned I did compete in pageants for a bit there and um, on to a um, 
physique or bikini WBFF competition. Um, so by doing a medical spa, I can really um, target both of my loves. Um, I love the beauty industry um, and what it entails and what we can offer to patients. And then I really just love um, kind of giving each patient their confidence back or putting a smile on their face. So it's really the best of both worlds. So and go ahead, Jesse. I had a question. Hi, Renata. Hey. <laughs> so with medical spas and like getting started, et cetera, why do you think having a pageant background gives you an edge in the whole med spa game? Well, when you compete in pageants, you really, you don't really know until you compete. So when you're competing, you really just get to know more knowledge, more like kind of behind the scenes of what it really entails to compete. And having that hands-on experience just gives you kind of like a greater appreciation for for what it entails to compete in a, in a beauty pageant. Um, you know, it is, as we know, all about, you know, our inner beauty and it is about kind of what we bring to the page. Uh, what we bring to the table as as a person, as a human, and our qualifications. But you know, it's very obvious that in a beauty pageant, you know, we are they are looking at kind of the exterior as well. I mean, that's just you know, let's call it what it is. Um, so I just think that with having that background, like I'm able to better understand. You know, say a pageant contestant comes in. Um, I can kind of understand better at a different level um, what it is that that you know, contestant is going through to provide, you know, a very detailed service for that contestant. So babe, who do you feel like this, this podcast is geared towards like men or women, minimum age, et cetera? So, well, with today, I mean, we are now up and coming with males competing in pageants too. So it's really for both females and males. Um, and it's for, for anyone that's looking for, you know, a little bit more information about what can be done at a medical spa and how our treatments provided and what they're for. Cool. All right. So Jesse, I know that you have, um, you know, surveyed our audience and done some research of your own. So you have pretty much like the five most common beauty issues that um, our audience is experiencing. So I'm going to pitch it over to you to talk about um, the first issue and then toss it over to Renata. Sure. So the first issue and Renata, I'm going to give my totally unscientific explanation of these things. And then you can feel free to jump in and tell us the science behind it and how we can solve it. So the first item is a very fancy word that means something very simple. It's hyperhidrosis which I actually have some very close friends that have hyperhidrosis. And in layman's terms, it means you sweat a lot. And that doesn't mean it's hot out. It just means that you, your sweat glands are over overproductive. I think Renata maybe, but yeah, that's exactly I, what it is. They're just hyperactive perfect. constantly 24 seven. And it's really challenging for pageant contestants because if you're wearing delicate fabrics or you're walking into pageant interview or um, any of those things, you don't want to look overly greasy in your face. You don't want your, you don't want to have pit stains. Is that okay to say in a pageant podcast? It's such an <laughs> ugly word. Totally. Pit stains, all of it. If you're shaking judges' hands, you don't want to have a pool of sweat. Um, so those are all different types of challenges associated with hyperhidrosis. So Renata, 
how can I go to a med spa and fix this? Yeah. So as you mentioned, hyperhidrosis is, it's a big issue. And for people that don't have it, you know, they may think, oh, it's not a big deal. Just a little sweating, but it's huge. Um, People suffer from it to the back of their hands. um, So palms, the bottoms of their feet. Um, and the axilla as well, which are your underarms. So, you know, like you said, if you're going into an interview, um, I mean, I've seen people even pick a different outfit, say they don't want to wear a white outfit because if they're going to get an underarm stain, that's going to be more visible than a black outfit. So it's, um, something that really can affect your confidence. So it's a huge issue. Um, so hyperhidrosis can be treated with Botox. Um, it does require quite a bit of Botox, but it is a wonderful, wonderful solution for people that really, truly do suffer from this. And it's applied directly on where like the problem is. So if you are having excessive sweating on your palms, that's exactly where it's applied. Well, and I didn't even realize the bottom of your feet being a problem, but it's a huge problem because one of the biggest things for pageant contestants is being on stage and looking confident. And if you're, if you're sweating and sliding all over the place in your shoes, you yeah. won't have that confidence. Exactly. Especially, especially in, um, you know, you may be able to, with a gown, kind of cover that up a little bit, although it'd still be slippery. But when you're in swimsuit for, for pageants that do have that portion, I just feel like it's it's scary, you know, to be able to think that you can potentially kind of twist your ankle because your slip your foot slipped, you know, mm-hmm. um, you rolled your ankle over because it's so slippery. So it's it's a it's a big deal. So you mentioned that it does take a lot of Botox to resolve. So can you give some some of our listeners the perspective of like how many sessions or treatments and what would be like an approximate cost range? Yeah, it's pricey because like I said, it does require quite a bit of Botox. So, you know, it's anywhere from 50 to 75 units per side. So you're looking at, say, 50 to 75 units per hand. So if you get 50 on each hand, you're looking at 100 units of Botox. And depending where you go, um, you know, if they charge $12, $13 a unit, you're looking at over $1,000 for the treatment. Mm -hmm. It is one session, but, you know, it's, like I said, it's pricey. But I mean, it'll last you anywhere from six to eight months. So in regards to longevity, you know, at least you're going to kind of get the bang for your buck. Well, and in a real life example, one of my very best friends, she works in PR and she tells me all the time she's meeting in healthcare PR, she's meeting physicians and, and other members of the media community. And she's always saying like, oh, I feel a cold coming on. It's so nice to meet you because she doesn't want to shake their hand. Can you imagine going through life with that mentality, how difficult that might be? So yeah, for someone like that, mm-hmm. peace of mind is everything. Absolutely. And for people that do suffer from this, um, you know, I actually did, I grew up with a friend that does suffer from this and it's worth every penny to, to kind of be able to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. Okay. And, Stephen, and, what do you got? Well, and the challenge with it too, like in interview or as you said, you know, if you're meeting people and you become so focused on yourself because you have sweaty palms or mm. your underarms are sweaty then all of a sudden your mindset is oh my gosh did are they seeing my sweat marks or if you start to feel that like rush of sweat coming down then you start to get self-conscious about it so you it uh, kind of disables you from being 
focused on your audience and you become more selfish in your approach. Not necessarily a bad thing. It's just human nature, right? So right. by doing this treatment, it kind of frees up your mind that you no longer have to worry about that. You walk into a room, you can just simply shake someone's hand or you can raise your arm without fear. Like if you get really excited about a passion, like a topic, an interview, and you're scared to like raise your, your hand, <laughs> you know, so you like stop at the elbow attached to your hip, that sort of thing. It can just really hinder and make the judges think, why, why did she do that? Right. Um, or like if you do raise your hand and then you see an underarm circle there as a judge, not necessarily, they're not going to dock points, but it will, their eyes can go to it. Oh, for sure. Totally agree with all of that. And I, I didn't even think about it from the, the distractedness that it causes. I just thought about like how it affects you in the moment. That's a great point. Okay. So that, that's the first one, hyperhidrosis. Um, what's the next common beauty issue that, that you feel like pageant girls experience? So I submitted this guy because as we know, we are all getting older in time. I feel it more than ever. And crow's feet is a big one for me. And even when I was younger, um, in my mid twenties, I look back at pageant photos where like I received an award in my reaction shots and I could just see, a lot of fine lines around my eyes. And then afterwards, the photos afterwards, even though they were posed, I wasn't smiling as big because it wasn't as like I was being more controlled in my smile. Right. I could still see the after effects of in my makeup and like my makeup setting in and I could still see it. So for someone who has fine lines and wrinkles, whether they're in their forehead or on their crow's feet, um, it can be a big problem because like I said, in an interview, you could potentially be five feet or less away from someone and they see those imperfections more often than not. So Renata, like what is the technical status behind crow's feet or fine lines and wrinkles and, and like, how do you fix it? So crow's feet, you know, I have to start by saying that just like any other healthcare or medical diagnoses, whether it's hypertension, whether it's diabetes, um, a lot of those diseases can be managed preventatively. In healthcare, we talk a lot about preventing diseases, and that's taking care of it. So taking care of your body so that you don't get high blood pressure or that you don't get an elevated blood sugar, which leads to several complications. This is no different. Um, Botox um, actually is FDA approved, has been scientifically studied starting at the age of 18 all the way up to the age of 65. Um, so... You know, in regards to to Botox treatments, it's very, very huge. And it's been there's been a lot of awareness of using it as a preventative treatment um, as early as your 20s to prevent fine lines and wrinkles so that we when you do get into your 40s and your 50s, those lines aren't as deep and in there are they aren't so retched in so that by the time you kind of get to that age, you're going to look the lines are going to be a lot smoother. They're going to be a lot softer. You're still going to have them because that's just nature and that's just time going by. And also with the loss of collagen, you know, after the age of 21, we lose 1% of collagen every year. So there's all these different factors um, and environmental factors and external factors that affect our skin. Um, but Botox is a great treatment to start in your 20s as a preventative, even if you don't have already visible crows, you know, a couple units, they call it baby, baby Botox, um, you know, 
really, I mean, I personally advocate, of course, obviously, um, in the three main common areas, which would be forehead frown lines and crows as a preventative in your 20s, because Mm. maybe now you don't see it and you don't think about it and you're like, oh, it's no big deal. But by the time you start seeing those lines, we're now not preventing them, but now we are trying to treat and correct what's there. So it's Mm. better to start early. So with crow's feet, um, you know, you get those fine lines and wrinkles on the lateral aspect of your eye. Um, and it does like the eye is kind of like, I've heard different plastic surgeons say this, the heart to the soul. So like you can, I've, you know, actually my supervising physician says he can tell a lot about a person's age by looking at their eyes. So, um, crows is important to treat and, you know, it's, it's something that's really simple and few units and, you know, you get your fix. Mm -hmm. And right now dewy makeup is very popular. So I think, um, well, whether it's dewy or not, I think it's irrelevant, I guess, is how important the focus is on your skin and the smoothness of your skin and how makeup is sitting on it. And like with, with matte makeup looks, which a lot of pageant contestants will do because of the stage lights, you don't want to be over glowing, like with a crazy highlight. That's when you see these fine lines and wrinkles in your crows most often. Um, So you have to be cautious of where you're placing your foundation. If you have extensive crow's feet, you may need to be using less foundation, which of course can disrupt the whole flow. So something to just think about if you, if you know, like look at your, look at your parents, like look at your grandmother, look at your mother and see if they have um, extreme crow's feet. And if so, you likely will um, be on that path as well. So that's a great point about prevention. Well, and so I know that I was Renata's very first patient ever. Um, she needed uh, a test bunny, if you will, like for like her training and all that. Like, I mean, and so um, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And that was, a, <laughs> I mean, whatever. And I just said, well, I mean, if you mess it up, you're going to have to look at me, right? Because my fear was that you look plastic. That mm. was like, you know, if you get Botox, you're going to look plastic, right? But then I was like, whatever, my wife wants to do this. Like, okay, we'll just do it. We'll roll with it. And it was amazing to me because I didn't really think that I had that big of a problem. But when you see my before and after photos, like if you go on Roddy Med Spa um, and Instagram or whatever, you can scroll and you can find my how many lines I had in my forehead and around my eyes. It's crazy. Like I didn't even realize it. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I have no problem, obviously, telling people that I get Botox. Um, and one of the, somebody was like, oh, my gosh, but you don't look like you had any work done. I was like, yeah, that's what happens when you actually go to someone that knows what they're doing. Right. Um, so anyways, uh, I don't call mine Botox though. I call mine Brotox. It's totally. Oh, different. V- very, very so good. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. So okay. anyways, but yeah, it's uh, crow's feet, forehead, the, the frown lines, etc. And you know, I, I heard it said this, that no one, like, I don't mind getting older. I just don't want to look like it. Uh, it's like, oh, that's really great. Um, but yeah, for the Miss contestants, depending on what age bracket you're falling, the Ms, Mrs, this is like, it's a great treatment. Well, and let's not forget that for people in my age demo, um, we grew up in like the tanning bed, like time right, yeah. where like I, I remember going in the tanning bed to get ready for prom. And like, of course, like your parents signs off on it. And I don't think it was as widely like unacceptable to tan. And I remember like preparing for Pat, like spray tan was not a trusted thing yet. So let's give that, let's give that disclaimer. Yeah. Spray tan was not a thing 
when I was in my teens and the only way to get a great glow was to get in the tanning bed. So for people that are in my age demo, it's even worse for us because we had that harsh exposure. But yeah. And the tanning bed is like, I mean, just, just no, the answer is no. It's like cancer in a bed. I mean, really not only can you, not only have I read articles about women that have gotten skin cancer by going tanning, but also it ages your skin. I mean, you get your skin over time will get waxy and you're just contributing to fine lines and wrinkles and the skin in our body is the largest organ. So let's, you know, take really good care of it. Totally. And like, let's not be punished. Those of you in my age division for not having adequate spray tans in the mid two thousands. Yep. No judgment, no judgment. Okay. So what that was, the first one was hyperhidrosis. The second was crow's feet. Uh, what's the third uh, common beauty issue that can be treated at a med spa? The third is peach fuzz. And for many of us, we have little tiny hairs all over our face by nature. That's what they're for. Um, But a lot of us will have a little bit extra around our jawline, maybe on our chin, um, around our forehead, our sideburn area. And when you are in a pageant, you're using most likely full coverage foundation or even in appearances, you're using heavier makeup than the next person. So with that said, that peach fuzz can be a real problem because you're one, you use more makeup because it gets stuck in there and you need to use more to make sure that it's full coverage. Two, if you're outside or under a spotlight, they can glisten, which is not the most feminine of looks. Um, so there's a lot of challenges with peach fuzz under, um, underneath your, your, what do they call it? Your upper lip, your, your mustache, if you will, which again is an ugly word for a pageant podcast. Um, <laughs> all, all of them today. So peach fuzz is a problem for many, many reasons. Texture of your makeup being, in my opinion, the most key. Um, so Renata, like, tell us about how that can be affected in a med spa. Yeah, peach fuzz is super common, as you mentioned, um, scientifically known as vellus hair, and that can be easily, easily fixed with dermaplaning. It's a simple procedure. It's completely and totally painless. Um, 30 minutes and, you know, you're just, your skin is so smooth after dermaplaning. Um, You can get this done every four weeks. Um, You want to get, you want to give it enough time for the vellus hair to grow um, completely back before you get another dermaplane session. Um, But it's something that you can do year round. There's no restrictions on it. Everybody has vellus hair. Some people, like you said, you can see it more, it's more visible than others. And um, foundation does, it does affect it. um, Because like you said, with full coverage, you know, you don't want to have those little pesky hairs kind of sticking out and you know, it's just you you can apply your foundation on so much smoother just by getting rid of it. Um, and it's just it's it's a really great exfoliation, too, because mm-hmm. you get rid of, you know, that superficial layer of dead skin cells on top as well. So it's a great it's a great treatment. I love it. So um, one thing you mentioned, there was no restriction. So for those of us who are already familiar with like laser hair removal on um, larger parts of our bodies, like our underarms, our legs, et cetera. Um, I think there is a restriction. Like you cannot have a tan at all because it's the contrast of the laser light with the darker hair follicle. 
So are you saying that that is not a worry here that like, because I think that with those treatments, like those laser hair removal treatments, a lot of them, you can't do the lighter hair on your face because it is so fine and light. So there's not that contrast. Is that the case? Yeah, exactly. And then there are like other treatments where, you know, like if we're going to do some like a chemical peel, which is great for your, for your face, for your skin, you know, you can't be exposed to the sun. So it's a big no during the summertime. Mm. You can't do it. So with dermaplaning, it's something that can be done year round. You can go in and get this done once a month if you wanted to, to keep up with it. Um, and it's just a great, it's a great treatment. Your skin is glowing. It's rating it. It's soft. It feels silky. It's, it's awesome. So how, like you said, you can do it pretty often. So how much does it cost per session and how long does that smoothness last? So the smoothness will last for as long as, you know, like I said, it takes several weeks for the vellus hair to grow back. So Mm -hmm. by the time it kind of starts its growth process and then takes time to erupt through the skin and and then grow after its eruption, you know, it'll be smooth all the way up until that process begins. Um, Cost varies. I mean, I personally charge $60 a treatment. If they add it on to another service, I give people a discount. Um, It's a great treatment to do before Botox. I love adding it in with a Botox session. So you could do like a nice dermaplaning and then you do your Botox session right after it. So that's going to depend where you go, who you see in regards Mm -hmm. to the cost. And so that's an interesting point. So someone has been getting their facial hair, their peach fuzz waxed for years. Why Why is this an improvement over that? Well, with waxing, I mean, it's kind of like as the years go by, the hair does thin out, but um, a lot of people that wax their face, I don't know, at least from my personal experience, the people that I've seen getting their face waxed, it's usually not the vellus hair, but it's rather that darker, thicker hair, Mm, Okay, you know, which dermaplaning really wouldn't target as much, you know, dermaplaning is good just for that vellus hair, which is the peach fuzz. Got it. Um, but the, I would say like the most common question I get actually speaking of that, um, in regards to dermaplaning is people ask me, well, is, is that hair going to grow back thicker? And the answer is no, it grows back just the same as it was before, like that fuzzy peach texture. Okay. And, you know, if you're in, if you're listening to this and if you're in the Boston, like Danvers areas, because our medical spa is located in uh, Danvers, Massachusetts, which is just like right outside of Boston, um, like maybe like 20 minutes or so outside of Boston, but mention this podcast and we'll do this procedure like 100% free. So we'll do the whole dermaplaning 100% free for you. Can I get there? Yeah, yes, of I course. Okay. <laughs> going to write that one down for the memory bank. <laughs> okay, so okay, so we've mentioned hyperhidrosis, crow's feet, peach fuzz, which can be cured by derma um, dermaplaning, and what's number? What's the fourth one? Okay, so Renata alluded to collagen earlier in the podcast. We're just going to dive a little bit deeper because um, I know very little, even non scientific stuff about collagen. I know that I just see a lot of before and after photos of a woman. Um, like a woman next to her picture of her mother and just the difference of where the face shifts with age. And I think I've read that it's a result of collagen, but Renata, tell us about what collagen does for the face. And as you get older and you lose natural collagen production, how you can fix that. So collagen is really important. It's um, like I mentioned, after the age of 21, we lose 1% of collagen every year. And to me, that's a lot. 
Um, so basically it's the main structural protein that's found in the skin and other connective tissues. Um, and the reason why, you know, collagen is so important is because it really kind of is a structural foundation of our skin. It helps hold everything up. It keeps us plump, looking young and youthful. And if we're losing that much collagen as the years go on, we get a lot of mid-face volume loss, um, which aids in us looking older, unfortunately. So do you suggest like fillers or, or what would you do to correct it? There are, a, you know, a plethora of things that can be done. Um, you know, so you can get dermal fillers um, and there are various different kinds of dermal fillers, but you can get dermal fillers to restore mid-face volume loss. That's typically treated, you know, starting in the cheek region because that's what holds everything up and that's where the structural uh, foundation is in our face. So you start there. That's the foundation of like everything is the cheeks. Um, so you can do that. You can also do collagen induction therapy with plasma. And what that is, is you basically draw some blood from the patient, you spin it, you separate the plasma and you put it on their face and you do um, the microneedling with that. And then you can also take that plasma in a syringe and inject it directly into the cheeks. You know, um, you can even inject it and inject that into scars. It's great for people that have scars on their face. It's, it helps to smooth it out over several sessions, but that plasma that it's called, um, PRP, that's going to stimulate the production of our own, um, collagen, you know, our own growth factors, and that's going to restore um, the look, give us the, the youthful look back. Is that what I've seen called the vampire facial? Well, <laughs> yes and no. Um, the vampire facial you've seen, you know, like in the pictures, which, you know, our face, they put the actual blood on their face. It's, it's, it's kind of the same, but it's a little different. The, um, collagen induction therapy would be a combination of microneedling and plasma, which is like the white part of the blood, um, on our skin. Got it. Okay. So like how fast can we expect results from any of these treatments to have our face look higher and plumper is, and how often do I need to like re up on these? So, you know, it takes years to get to a stage, especially if you're not doing anything preventative. Um, it takes years to get to looking the way that we are now, say in your fifties or forties or whatever. Um, so it's going to take a while to, um, kind of get the results we want. Um, but with fillers, you do, you do see results right away. You know, unlike Botox where it takes one to two weeks to, to see its full effect filler, you, you, you put it in, you see it right away. However, with that being said, many people need several sessions, you know, because it's going to take several syringes to restore that volume loss and to give you that youthful look back. Many doctors call, um, you know, the treatment of fillers, uh, by they say like decade dosing. So if you're in your fifties, it's a minimum of five syringes, a minimum to restore that volume loss and get you to where, you know, we want. So, um, it, 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 it takes time because you, you know, you don't want to sit there and put five syringes in for many reasons. You don't want to sit there in one appointment and do five syringes. It's something that needs to be broken up over a period of time. Okay. Yeah. And something point important to note, I mean, people like Olivia Coppola, though, I know a lot of the different girls look up to, um, she's gotten filler 
on our cheeks. Like you can see her before and after photos. So uh, it's not necessarily restricted to the people that are um, older per se. And what I really like about the filler is it could be put in the cheeks. It can be put in the smile lines. So if you have the really deep smile lines when you, (laughs) you guessed it, smile, um, (laughs) filler can be used to fill in that gap because those can make you look um, aged even though you are still young. I mean, it can show up in people that's like early 30s. Well, everyone has smile lines when they smile. That's mm-hmm. not what, you know, necessarily the the issue is that kind of makes us look a little bit more aged. It's more of like when you're, I hate to use this expression, but people use it often. You know how bulldogs have like that sagging kind of <laughs> smile? Watch like... what you say, Renata. You know that we <laughs> have a very cute Frank in the house and oh, he's going to have his feelings hurt. I know. I actually had this phone conversation yesterday. A patient called me. She goes, I'm feeling so self-conscious. My face is starting to look like a bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's when you're not smiling and your face is sitting there uh, kind of emotionless or expressionless and mm-hmm. you have that sagging skin. That's what we want to fix so that you don't look aged, you know, because when we smile, whether you're five years old, 50 or 70, you're going to have like that smile line, like that's natural, but it's more like when you're expressionless. And like Steven said, you can do filler. Filler is not restricted for, for people that are aging um, by any means. You know, a lot of people want a plumper lip. A lot of people want that contoured cheekbone that can be, that can be achieved for filler, you know, in your twenties, in your thirties, it's not, you know, just for people who are older. Yeah. And as a guy, I was like, Oh, uh, that's how they do it. Like that's like, like because you know you start to see people evolve like in their career. Like we, um, I mean, I remember watching just Olivia Coppola. Naturally, we all saw her when she was crowned, and now it's like, gosh, she looks different. You know, when she was just crowned, she looks just more of that like um, that model look or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh. Uh, and then the more I learned about what Renata's doing, I mean, you and I. Jesse, yours and I like science is about the same. Um, but your <laughs> well, math is definitely better, but science is <laughs> the same. Yeah, but it's like Kim Kardashian lives all that, and it's like, oh, uh, they do that with filler. Got it. Okay, got it. That that's how that happens. So really, if you're wanting a look, or if you're self conscious about a particular look, you you don't necessarily have to be. Like there is basically. Um, there is a solution out there for you if you do want to change or alter something as far as your face. Well, and I'll even say I heard that Kaylee Cuoco, she's the lead female on Big Bang Theory. So that's probably where you would have seen her most. So she has she talks about like she had a wrinkle in her neck and I have a very long draft neck, too. So I live this life also and she hated it. So she got it filled. So, and she's in, she's young as well. So I would never have thought, like I've noticed the, the line in my neck, but I've never thought about it because it was like, oh, well, what the heck would you do? It's just there. So I would just say, if you're listening, you're like, you know what? I, I'm not hearing what's bothering me, but maybe there is a fix that I'm not aware of. So with that said, I would say like, call Renata, go to their med spot or find a med spot in your area um, and and ask them like, hey, this is what's happening. What is the fix? Because it might exist. You just might not be aware. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, so that's the one we talked about. Hyperhidrosis, crow's feet, peach fuzz, loss of collagen, and just different um, pretty much opportunities for that. Now, mm-hmm. what is the, the fifth one that you've the, discovered? So the fifth one is a, a big deal, especially for those pageant contestants 
that um, either have a swimsuit or a fitness competition and have to show off their legs, or maybe you just have great legs and you just are not loving the texture and the complexion of them. Um, And this is a varicose vein. And I, again, know like next to no science on this. I know that varicose veins do run in my family. So I'm expecting something along the line to pop up for me. But Renata, I'm just going to jump over my faux science and go to your real science on this. Yeah, so varicose veins is is a really common problem. Um, What is treated with sclerotherapy, which is the treatment to kind of fix these problems, is the spider veins, which are caused actually by the thicker veins, um, you know, behind the spider veins, actually. So if you look at the spider veins, you'll typically see a bit of a thicker vein um, near it that's causing the spider veins, which are those like thin purple, reddish, I mean, really spidery looking um, veins on your legs. Mm-hmm. So the those deep, thick, very elevated varicose veins are not treated. And typically girls competing in pageants don't have those unless you're kind of doing like the uh, maybe Mrs. or Ms. Uh, senior, those deep, uh, thick, elevated varicose veins aren't normally seen in, in a younger kind of uh, demographics. But those those veins are, you know, not treated with sclerotherapy. The ones that are, are like I said, the more superficial, spidery looking ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be easily fixed with, you know, it usually takes uh, several sessions. Um, you can only do a session every six weeks typically done in the fall and winter because you can't be exposed to the sun. So mm. it's, it's um, you know, can be a little bit of a annoying process, so to speak. You know, I've had this done uh, twice before and I still need a few more sessions to get rid of all of it. Um, but um, it's depending when your pageant is, you know, you may not be able to, to get it done. But there are lasers that you can do, which now that I'm thinking about it, still can't be exposed to the sun. So I guess this treatment is really going to depend like – when your pageant is in regards to if you're able to get it done or not. Yeah. And I, is it? Oh, oh, sorry, Stephen. Well, and I, I was just thinking about um, the listeners, et cetera. And like, any of these treatments, if something is causing you insecurity, like be it your legs, be it you know, smile lines in your face, be it thin lips, whatever, and you can spend some money to remove that insecurity from your life, now, it's not going to necessarily make your life better, but like if you're nervous about wearing shorts because of spider veins and you could spend a few hundred dollars or whatever it costs to actually correct that area of your life, I mean, why not? Like for me, and there's other areas of my life where it's just like I had to work, I mean, because they were more um, embedded mentally insecurities that I had to work really hard to overcome things like, you know, public speaking, my ability to put two sentences together in front of a crowd. That took a lot of effort and time. And boy, if I could have just given someone like $300 and say, okay, this is fixed, (laughs) I would have gladly done that. So, you know, none of this is like unnecessarily required. But if it is something you're struggling with, I mean, it just makes sense to me to get it done. Oh, my gosh, we talk about confidence so much on any of our pageant podcasts or coaching sessions. It's just the key item that will set you apart from other contestants. And whether you want to accept it or not, if you do have these insecurities and you, even if you cover it up with like, we talked about like Sally Hansen airbrushed legs where you can smooth out your, your spider veins or your varicose veins if they're at that level, it still doesn't like, it's still an extra stressor that you experience during pageant prep 
because it's one extra level that you have to think about as you're preparing. So if you find that your stress level is like at all time high when you're competing for pageants because you feel like there's so many things that you're fixing and covering and compensating for, my gosh, like that is exhausting. And it takes you away from the important mental prep and mental focus that you have just to do your job when you get there. Absolutely. And I do think that there's a little bit of like a stigma of getting um, procedures or treatments done. You know, I say if it's, if you can still, you know, stay true to who you are, um, you know, while getting these things done and not get lost, why not get it done? I mean, I, I just think we need to be like so much more open Mm -hmm. about the fact that there are cosmetic treatments out there and who cares if you get it done, if it makes you feel better, go for it, you know, and you're not losing yourself and you're still true to who you are and you're still that same person. Like it's going to make you feel better. I just, I don't see why not. And that brings up a great point too, because we, we've all seen the extreme, right? When someone gets a ton of work done Right. And you can tell. So with, if someone cannot get to you, Renata, how can they find someone or what's the conversation they need to have with their med spa professional to communicate that they want it to still look natural, feel natural? And at what point should they run from a med spa? You know, I've had this conversation many a times with different professionals and a lot of them say, look at the provider If they look overly done, chances Mm. are you probably will be too. Um, Mm. I've had a few people come to me that they stopped going to a previous provider because that provider started to look very different than when they originally met them. So they started to look very overdone. And the patient said to me, you know, I didn't want to look like that. So I ended up leaving. So that's how that person came to me. Um, So a lot of times I recommend look at the provider. You want to make sure they look natural too. Um, And if they don't, you're probably going to head in that path too. But just express what your desires is, you know, express your concerns. Um, And I always encourage people to ask like, well, how long have you been practicing? And how long have you been doing this? And uh, there's people should be educated on who's, you know, doing work on their face. Yes. And are there certain certifications that are bare minimum that we should be looking for? Like, what do I need to, when I'm looking at a resume of a med spa provider, what are the key items that that I need to make sure that they have? Yeah. I mean, in regards to injectables, I can only speak to the state of Massachusetts um, because every state will vary in regards to its credentialing um, and requirements. But, you know, in regards to medical injectables, so you're looking at dermal fillers, you're looking at Botox. Kybella, uh, sclerotherapy, anything that's a medical treatment, um, you need to be a minimum of, of an RN, which is a nurse. Um, so nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, doctors, those are the people that uh, you want to make sure are doing these treatments. So for those listening, if they heard something that sparked their interest or they are in the greater Boston area, how could they find you? How can they get in touch with you? Um, well, they can check out our website, RoddyMedSpot.com. Um, we're actually located in Danvers, like Stephen said, our brand new office, and we're super excited about it. It's right on 491 Maple Street in Danvers. Um, and then, of course, there is our phone number, which is 781-627-7070. Or they can email us at book at RoddyMedSpot.com. 
Stephen, you want to bring it all home? Yeah, I'll bring it all home. So thank you everyone for for listening. And um, you know, if you found any benefit whatsoever in this particular episode or in episodes previous, I mean, we would just really love a five star review. It, it might seem like a small thing, but it really does help us keep the show going.